she could not find the stamp. And since I had like entered and exited a couple of different times, she was really confused. I almost missed my flight. It was a total fiasco. I kind of overthought it a little bit. And so when she was like, when did you enter the EU? I was like, um, I entered back in like August when I came to Portugal and then I left and then I came back and she was like, I only see a France stamp here. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I know what you're talking about now. It was the second time I entered into the Schengen in Paris, just like a month prior and almost missed my flight. Welcome to Low on the Go, a podcast about all things on the go. This podcast will start off mostly in the travel space, but I'm definitely not trying to niche down too hard too fast. My goal is basically to encourage a life full of energy, exploration, and adventure. And honestly, I want people to feel a little less alone in the world. However, all of this may look in podcast form. I'll be talking about travel, on-the-go recipes, and taking care of your brain. So yeah, that means some mental health shit. And probably more. A little about me, I'm a 20-whatever-year-old who has traveled to just over 20 countries and has lived in four cities. I've learned a ton about the best way to pack for airplanes, how to travel cheaply but still be bougie as fuck, and I've met a lot of people along the way who know a lot more than I do, and thank God they've offered to be on this podcast. I hope you listen and leave feeling inspired and equipped to take risks, chase your dreams, and stay on the go. Until next time, XO Hello, my gorgeous, lovely people. Welcome back to Low on the Go. Thank you for being here. I'm just gonna jump right into it today. Uh, Well, I'm in Mumbai still, and there is still some construction happening outside of my, uh, outside of my room, and so if you hear any noise in the background, just disclaimer, that is what it is. Um, Jumping right into it today is I'm gonna be talking about something really practical today. I'm gonna be talking to you about visas. This is specifically going to come from the point of view of an American because that's uh, the only passport that I have. And so if I've applied for a visa in a different, for a different country, then I've only done it using my American passport. It's going to vary based on where you're from. Um, the laws are quite different and quite drastic based on which passport you have. So I'm so sorry that I can't go over every single passport. Um, But I'm going to be sticking with the American USA passport today. Um, And I'm going over visas because actually, uh, surprisingly, my number one listen to podcast episode is about the Eurail and Interrail pass. I don't know if that's because people are just really interested in it or if like people that I that aren't like normal listeners of my podcast are searching for that in Spotify and wanting to learn more about Eurail. But yeah, that's my number one listen to podcast episode, surprisingly. Um, So let's dive into visas today. Now, before I get into specifics on which countries I've been to and which I've had to give visas for, I'm going to take a step back and just give some kind of like general guidelines for traveling. It should go, it shouldn't have to be said that to travel internationally, you need to have a passport. So in order to apply even for any sort of visa, you need to have a passport number. Sometimes you need to include, actually you always probably need to include, if you're applying for like an e-visa, any visa, you're gonna need to include like a, add a a photo, upload a photo or a scan of your passport uh, for when you apply online. Especially if you apply in person, you for sure are going to need to bring your passport along so that the like governments and the embassies know that you can in fact travel internationally. So first up, get a passport. Another thing is that for a lot of, For a lot of countries, especially for more like long stay 
sort of visas, uh, they'll look at when your passport expires. And oftentimes it has, you have to have at least six months left on your passport. And when you have like an adult U.S. passport, it lasts for 10 years. So you, you're good for a, a solid 10 years, I think, after you turn like 18. So I'm 26 years old and my passport is going to be expiring in 2024. So I'm like, oh my God, I need, <laughs> I'm going to need to find like an American embassy somewhere within the next year. So yeah, make sure that you have your passport. That's step one. Um, the second thing is that uh, before you travel anywhere, check to see if you need a visa. There are some great resources out there. My favorite, which is really easy to use, is called passportindex.org. It's just P-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-I-N-D-E-X dot O-R-G. Super easy to navigate. It'll give you really basic information on whether you need a visa or not, if you need an e-visa, how long the visas typically last, things like that. Now, there are a lot of different types of visas. If you're just traveling, you're most likely just gonna get a tourist visa. So I'm not gonna really dive into work visas or any other kinds of visas, like partnership visas or things like that. This is purely for travel. So looking at, again, those, um, those tourist type visas. Also, when it comes to checking to make sure that you, like, you need to make you need to check to make sure that you need a visa in advance because you don't want to go and buy all your airline tickets and buy um, your Airbnb and all this stuff that's that's potentially uh, non-refundable and then you learn oh my god I uh, I need to have a visa you didn't get one and maybe you have to go to an embassy maybe it takes a week for the e-visa to be approved e-visa is just one where you apply online and you get a copy of the visa online and you can send it to your email I've I've heard stories of people like like in India you need a visa as an American so I I've heard stories of people flying to India not realizing they need a visa and getting sent on the first flight back because it takes like four or five days for your e-visa to be approved so don't do that make sure that you have your visa in advance now we as americans have a a very a powerful passport we're very very lucky to have the passport that we do and so for many countries 180 something i don't know i'll have to get that exact number it's visa free which is we're again we're really really lucky to be able to have that or visa on entry which is really easy these are kind of things that you don't realize that you're so lucky and so blessed to have until um, until you travel and you meet other travelers with different passports who can't go to the same places as you, or you just realize how easy it is, I can just get a visa online or I don't need one at all. Another thing, uh, apply as early as possible to get these visas and as accurately as possible. And what I say, or what I mean when I say this is, say I am going, I, I came to India at the end of January and I got a one year long visa. I kind of guesstimated what day I would be arriving because I didn't know. Obviously, I, um, I underestimated what I was going when I was going to be arriving. So I arrived like the 27th of January and I think I probably put like the 10th or the 15th just in case I ended up coming really early. I would have a visa by the time I arrived. So, you know, there's that two weeks I kind of, I had a visa, but I wasn't here, but it still expires on like, I think mine got issued for the 6th of January, but try and be as accurate as possible. And then when it comes to applying as early as possible, that's kind of obvious. You just want to make sure that your visa is approved in time. And if it's not for any reason, you can go back and apply again or contact the embassy. And typically when you apply for a visa, you, it doesn't get issued on the day that you applied. It gets issued on the day that you say you're going to arrive. And Oftentimes it's an estimate if you don't have like a flight booked or anything like that. Another thing, uh, when you apply online, once you get approved, once your visa gets approved, you'll get like a sheet of paper that has your like passport photo. You will need a 
uh, like a passport photo, like a digital copy of it, um, because you need to send that also into the application usually so that when you show your visa, they match your face to your name and your passport and everything like that. But once you get it, a few things, uh, you're, you're going to get it through their website. You download it. I email it to myself so that I have it in my email. Once I have it in my email, I take a screenshot of the visa. Um, and I do that because say I'm in a place where I, my phone's not working or um, like the internet's not working or something like that. I can just pull up my visa on my phone, a screenshot of it and not have to worry about like Gmail loading. And even beyond that, uh, make sure that you print off a copy of your visa. Um, ideally in color, a lot of times if you're in a country where they need a visa, like the hostel will ask for your visa. I always just tend to err on the side of caution when it comes to this, like when you're going through customs when you land somewhere. I just never know if, if somebody's going to accept like something that's on my phone, a screenshot of something. So I always make sure that my visa is printed out. Um, I keep it in the same area. I have like a little case for my passport that has some pockets in it. So I just keep it in there. And yeah, so download it on your laptop, email it to yourself, take a screenshot of it and print it uh, before you go and you should be all good. Getting into the three big places, countries, regions that I've been to are Europe, India, and Turkey. It was Europe and then Turkey and then India. <laughs> Got that a little switched around. Uh, I'm gonna start with Europe. Europe is probably, it's the most and the least complicated. The least complicated because you don't technically need a visa to enter for 90 days. So if you go into Europe, into specifically uh, the Schengen region of Europe, which is 27 countries in the Schengen. Uh, it now includes Croatia as of the start of this year. I'm gonna get into like why I could stay in Europe for six months, even though you can only stay in Europe for 90 days and it has to do with Croatia. So Google the list of the 27 countries in the Schengen. It's the most, honestly, it's, it's kind of the most commonly traveled to countries. So it's gonna be like Portugal, Spain, France, Germany, the Netherlands, Greece, Italy. There's 27 of them. Again, I, I would just look it up. It's a lot to say. Essentially, within a 180 day period, so that's approximately six months, you get 90 days with no visa. You don't need to apply online. You can literally just walk into Paris and they give you a stamp and make sure they give you, they have to give you a stamp. Make sure that they give you a stamp so that they know when you arrive and you're good to go for 90 days. Now, say you're, you're like, okay, Lauren, I, you know, I landed in France and I'm going to stay there for 30 days, um, but then I think I wanna go to the UK, which now like the UK with Brexit is not in the Schengen. So you can leave the Schengen, France, and go to the UK and your time clock stops. So say you're like, I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna be in France for 30 days and then I'm gonna go to the UK for 10 days to visit my friend. Now your time is paused for those 10 days within the Schengen. Like it doesn't count against your 90 days, which is great. So that's what I mean when I say it's 90 days in whatever order you want within an 180 day period. What's cool about that is say you're like working remotely, you could go hypothetically to into a Schengen country. You could travel around France and Spain and Portugal and travel everywhere for 90 days and then you could leave and you could go to you could go to like Bosnia and Herzegovina or you could go to again you could go to the UK 
You could go to uh, what's another country that's not in the Schengen? Um, it's a lot of countries, so bear with me. Uh, you could go to Serbia. Serbia is not in the Schengen, um, and you could stay there for another three months. Now, the thing about the Schengen is that it's the entire region, it's the entire zone of these 21, 27 countries that's part of the Schengen. So you don't get 90 days in France and then 90 days in Spain and then 90 days in Portugal. It's 90 days in the entire zone. But when it comes to the countries in Europe, so again, like Bosnia and Herzegovina, like Serbia, they are, uh, they're not in the Schengen and they're since their own like individual country, if you will, do 45 days in Bosnia, 45 days in uh, Serbia, and then go back into the Schengen um, for another 90 days because that's a total of the six months or 180 days. Really hope that makes sense. Okay, so the reason why I could stay in Europe for around five, six months was because I was in the Schengen for two months. And this was back last, I was in the Schengen for August and September. And then I went to Croatia and I lived in Croatia for two months. Now, during this time, Croatia was in the European Union. There's a lot of crossover between the EU, the European Union and the Schengen, but they're not the exact same. So like there's some countries that are Schengen, but not EU and some countries that are EU, but not Schengen. Not gonna go over that, we're just gonna focus on the Schengen. At that time, the Croatia was in the EU, but they were not yet in the Schengen zone. They were going to enter in January. I had no idea that this was the case. The universe just came together and worked in my favor somehow. Um, but I went to Croatia, stayed there for uh, for two months. That put a pause on my Schengen time. So when I was ready to go back into the Schengen after I flew back into Paris, um, I could stay there for another like 30 days because uh, I'd been there for two months. I had one more left, one more month left within this 180 day period. I think I left on day like 89 or 90 and I left out of Germany and the customs official as I'm like in the airport at 6 a.m. for my flight to London, she could not find the stamp. And since I had like entered and exited a couple of different times, she was really confused. I almost missed my flight. It was a total fiasco. I kind of overthought it a little bit. And so when she was like, when did you enter the EU? I was like, um, I entered back in like August when I came to Portugal and then I left and then I came back and she was like, I only see a France stamp here. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I know what you're talking about now. It was the second time I entered into the Schengen in Paris, just like a month prior and almost missed my flight. So just, Give yourself a little refresh if you're coming and going as to what your <laughs> what your kind of flight path was like. That is the kind of basics of Europe and the Schengen. I really hope that was clear. India is next. There are three different types of tourist visas for India and it is required to get a visa for American citizens. It's an e-visa, so it's really easy. You just apply online, but it does, I think it took maybe four days for my visa to come back. I applied probably a month before I knew that I was coming to India. I figured that would be enough time. I would give at least two weeks just in case. The three different visas are 30 days, one year or five years. I'm gonna break each of these down. Um, the 30-day visa, pretty like pretty simple as it sounds, is going to be 30 days. Um, the thing about it is, it is a two-entry visa, so you can only enter the country twice. So you enter your first time, say you wanna leave and go to Nepal, you can do that. You can come back into India, but that's it. You can only enter the country twice within this 30-day period. 
So that is kind of the 30 day visa. I'm not sure the cost of that. I only know the cost of the one year visa because that's the one that I got. Um, so I'll get to that. Uh, the one year visa you know, be, uh, to be able to be here for one whole year um, with only having to pay $40. It is a multiple entry visa so I can come and go as I please. That being said, I'm not allowed to stay in India for longer than a consecutive 180 day period. So after six months, I gotta go. And then I can come back. But um, I've been here for approaching uh, three months now. And I, so within the next three months, I am going to have to leave, go somewhere cool, go somewhere fun, and then come back. There's a ton of countries that are really close to here. Like I said, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Bhutan. It is even pretty quick to go to Southeast Asia. So. Um, and the time change is only an hour and a half and it's it's pretty cheap to fly to like Vietnam. So even though there are these kind of like downsides of certain visas and you know you have to leave after a certain amount of time and come back, it is kind of a cool opportunity to see somewhere new and get you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, I feel like after a certain amount of time in one place, you're you're like, for me at least, I'm I'm ready to see somewhere else. I just have the tendency of getting really comfortable in a place. And so it'll be nice for me to be like, okay, back on the road, get to go somewhere cool, and it's not terribly expensive. So the last tourist visa in India is five years long. Um, I think that you can apply for this one off the bat. Like you don't need to, you don't need to show that you're working here or anything to apply for the five-year visa. Sometimes you need to prove that you have like a certain income and things like that. All of this is written on a website, which I'll include in the show notes because some of these websites are pretty long. I'll say it out loud as well. Um, I'll just do it right now. This one is going to be india-visa-online.org forward slash types, T-Y-P-E-S, forward slash tourist dash visa. Again, it's going to be in the show notes because that is a lot to type out just to my voice. But um, yeah, when I was reading about it, there was some kind of fine print and that might be the case for the five-year visa. I'm not really sure. I didn't really look at the five-year visa, but I'm going to have to because your girl might be staying. Um, and that is a multiple entry visa, the five-year one is, so you can come and go as you please. But I think that the 180-day rule still does apply. You do have to leave after every 180 days. One kind of like pro tip that I learned with applying for the India visa is when you get to the very end, they give a few options for you to pay the 40 bucks. Now, you guys know that I am a hoe for a good travel credit card. And so I like to put everything on my credit card because I want to get the points and I want to travel for free and all the things. But I think I tried like probably six times to pay with a credit card and it got so frustrating because every time it was rejected and then if it was rejected, it made me wait like 20 minutes to try again. So I'm like, it doesn't even, it's not even that it makes you tw- make like wait 20 minutes. You need to input all of your information again, which is so much information to have to put into this system a few times. You know, I mean, it takes like 10, 15 minutes, but still to have to do it multiple times just because the credit card failed, like to have to go back to the start is just a little frustrating. So pro tip, get PayPal. If you don't have PayPal already, get it because they have a PayPal option. And the first time I tried with PayPal to pay through that, it did go through. So congrats, Lauren. It only took you like three wasted days. I literally, this happened over the course of like three days that I tried to pay for my India visa. I was so frustrated by the end. It was wild, but we got it. We got in, got my India visa. Again, it took like three business days, four business days. So give at least two weeks. 
All right, moving on to Turkey. I'm realizing I definitely did these out of order. I did not go from Europe, fly over to India, and then back to Turkey. That would be crazy. No, went to Turkey on the way. Okay, so for Turkey, as an American citizen, you do also need a visa. And you can apply online, which is great. The thing that's really nice about the Turkey visa is that, for tourists, is that you get it immediately. So, like, if you're approved on the spot, they just, the visa just is right there. It just immediately says approved. It is a 90-day tourist visa, and after 90 days, you gotta go. I don't think that you need to leave in between or anything like that. You can stay for a consecutive 90 days, but after 90 days, you gotta go. Um, it cost me 50 American dollars for that 90 days. Not horrible. Um, but the funny thing was, when I went through customs, it was never checked. Nobody ever checked <laughs> my Turkish visa. So that was a little frustrating because I was like, oh my God, I just, you know, spent 50 bucks on this visa that was never even checked. I was, I was like so cute walking up to the little customs agent. I'm always so prepared. I'm like, I have my passport. I even take it out of the little container and I pull out the visa that's like printed in color. And I'm just like, even if I'm so tired, I took me, guys, it took me like 20 hours to get to Turkey. It was absolutely absurd. It took me like three, four flights, just ridiculous. And still I was like, pull it together, Lauren, you need to have your visa ready. So I give it to them and the customs agent is like, oh yeah, we don't need that. And I'm like, homie, I did all of my, I did all the right things, but it's gonna be that one time that you're not prepared that your bitch, is, your bitch ass is gonna get caught. So be prepared, get your visa, even though sometimes they don't check it, get the visa. Um, like I said, super easy to get the Turkish visa. Uh, the website is a little bit easier than the Indian visa to say, so I'll just say it. It is evisa.gov.tr. So that's evisa.gov.tr. It should automatically take you to your language, but you can change the language, I think, in the upper right-hand corner of the website if you want. Um, if there are more long-stay visas in Turkey, I actually don't know. So just go to the website that I told you, but getting the 90-day, just like the tourist regular 90-day visa is, is pretty simple. So that was 23 minutes, but it felt way faster than I thought it was. <laughs> Those are the three visas that I've had to get. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to next, but definitely, I, like I said, I'm going to have to leave India within the next few months. So checking visa processes and where I need a visa countries around here um, is going to be the first thing that I check. So um, I wish you happy traveling. If you have any questions for me, don't hesitate to reach out. Visas again are, are, are pretty easy. The only, the only time I've had to go to the embassy once to get a visa and it was when I was studying abroad uh, in France and it was because I was staying in the Schengen for longer than, uh, than 90 days for a reason to be a student. It's, it's tough to get a, long, a longer stay visa. In Europe, you have to like really go through the whole process. So um, again, the great resource is passportindex.org to see if you need a visa in any sort of country. And it, what's really cool about it is that you can put your passport and then the country that you're going to. So like I said, I've been speaking from an American's perspective, but say you're coming from Thailand and you wanna know if you can go to Mexico, you can put your Thai visa uh, into like the from area and then the to area put Mexico and you'll be able to know if you need a visa. So I hope this is helpful to you all and um, yeah. <laughs>